Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So, in case you ain't know so. Welcome back to another episode of Sports with So So. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Sports with So So Podcast and on Twitter at Sports with So So. Remember, you can always listen and download all of our episodes at sportswithsoso.com. This week, we see the Dolphins continue enrolling with another W. We finally get the big win from the Miami Hurricanes, and we got to see a great fight between Errol Spence and Danny Garcia. Let's go! Yo, what's going on, my Yo, brother? what's up, big guy? Everything good, man. Good, man. Hey, well, let's happy. Get happy, right? Yeah, we got another dub. Another dub for the Dolphins, bro. Eight and four right now. Uh, we beat the Bengals. It was a hard-earned victory. Nineteen to seven. You know, hard-earned victory. We were pretty close. Oh, well, I was. You closer were closer than, than I was on the predictions. But overall, a good game. You know, a lot of things happened within the game that were kind of weird. We didn't expect, but we know that Cincinnati has that rep of kind of playing dirty. You know, since the early nineties. And evidently they came to play like that, but the Dolphins were able to stand up and rise above it and really put a performance worthy enough of winning the game, you know, handily like we did. I don't know what your thoughts on the game were, but I thought that we played an overall solid game offensively, defensively. Everything was pretty much put together. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you, man. I thought it was, you know, I thought it was a great, great win to take away from, especially because of some of the things that happened, not necessarily, in, you know, in the middle of the game, but, you know, during the game. Um, and we'll get into that in a few. But, yeah, we got to be happy about a win. You can't you can't be upset about that. Um, it was a little messy and we did have a bunch of uh, ejections to, throughout the game that Weird. just really cost us some some crucial players. I mean, Xavier Howard gets an interception early in the game. He's now leading the league eight interceptions. Um, yeah, man, he's killing it. And who knows? He might have gone off to get another one, and he gets this stupid, you know, ejection for for what a punch that they called, which looked more like a a push. And, you know, it's it's these, I've seen these guys do way worse and not get ejected. So it's like, where, where do you draw that line? But um, he gets ejected. Devontae Parker, Matt Collins, our two receivers get ejected, and it's it's like. You know, we need those guys on the field, and we need, especially Devontae Parker. You know, that's a big time play. So, we we didn't get enough out of Tua. You know, he had a great game. I I think he had one of his better games, but I think we could have got more out of him. I mean, overall, like I said, the game was pretty solid, right? Offensively, we looked good. Uh, offense was able to put together a lot of drives. We had, I think, sixteen to twenty something like that first downs. You can double check that for me. But Tua, like you mentioned, he played well. Two hundred ninety six yards, one touchdown. Another game with zero interceptions. The kid is everything that he was packaged to be coming into us, into the draft and into the NFL. He was going to be very accurate. He was going to make throws. He was going to be able to, you know, extend plays with his ability to move sideways and throw the ball. And he showed every bit of that and then some throughout the game. You know, he had a great throw to Mike Kosicki, your boy, yep. from last week. Oh, I got some stats for you today I on bet, tight ends. I bet, big dog, I bet. But – I, you know, even with him, again, there there are a lot of players on the team that we know they don't stand out, but Tool's able to put them into positions where they look better than what they could be or maybe maximizing their potential, which is great to see because he's at a such young age. This is only his fifth start, right? So we know that as Dolphin fans, we're excited as hell because our man is actually coming through, and he's he's a rookie, but he's playing well. We're winning games with him. We're in a playoff hunt, eight and four, one game behind the Bills, who beat the Niners. You know, we smacked them up too, so whatever. Um, but 
the point is that the Dolphins team is complete. And we have a real team that's worthy of being in the playoff chase, that's worthy of even making the playoffs, right? Because if you tell me it's up to us and the Browns, I'm going to put us ahead of the Browns because I think we're a better team. Baker Mayfield is not as good as Tua right now, in my opinion. And defensively, we know who who's the better team. But one thing that I liked was throughout the bullshit that happened throughout the game, right, with the penalties and the people getting kicked out, we were still able to keep a composure as a team, right, and not get that far ahead into the mental game. We were able to stay grounded. You said, you know, Xavier Howard got kicked out, but he had already made his impact, right? He got the pick. Uh, a couple of other guys got kicked out, but they were standing up for Jakeem Grant getting blown up the second time in the game. So we saw our boys do their thing, become a unit, and really show everybody else in the league that we're not going to take shit from nobody. I think it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, no. And, and going back to what you were asking on the, on the first downs, we actually had 23 first downs to their 12. Um, that might sound impressive, but to be honest with you, that all came from first and second down. We were one for 10 on third down. That kept killing us that game. And that's that's okay to do against teams like the Bengals, but next week against somebody like Kansas City, that's not going to do. Those third downs, we can't be giving those up. Not to mention, I mean, you know, Tua did look – he looked great. He, he's, he's working with what he's got. You know, the run oh, game – Eight different receivers this past exactly. game. Exactly. He hit a bunch of different receivers. He had a run game this week. Miles Gaskin came back. He was activated again off of injury. Really he good had, game. Uh, 90 yards on the ground. So, what, 4.3 yards per carry. I mean, he, he looked solid. Our, our lone touchdown to Mike Gusecki, which last week, you know, we were talking about it, about, you know, do the tight ends bring, you know, enough – to the table when it comes to our no, offense. No, we were talking specifically if they were bringing that playmaker ability, right? Because we knew that and here's we a were lacking for you. in So it. talk about playmaking ability. Playmakers make plays when it counts. And where does it count most in football? In the red zone. This year, Dolphins have nine red zone touchdowns that have all gone to tight ends. Yeah. That's a great option for our offense, man. Right there in the red zone. When we get down there, because we know two of can get that down, get the ball down and drive us down when we need to. That's a great option for us to score. Can I ask you a question? What's that? Would you agree or would you not agree that that is some byproduct of the tight end usually being that safety net of a receiver for a quarterback that doesn't have weapons on the outside? That's always going to happen, especially more so with a rookie quarterback. Absolutely. That's but the fact that he point. has multiple big tight ends that can make those plays, Gasecki, Shaheen, uh, what's this other guy's name? Uh, Durham Smythe. They've all had touchdowns this year, man. So, you know, it's not just one guy, you know. And, and then if we have Devontae Parker in the rest of the game, who knows? Maybe Tua does what I want him to and throw multiple touchdowns in the game. Yeah, obviously Parker being in the game is just an even – again, he's our best wide receiver. We've talked about it week in, week out. We know that he's our best wide receiver, and he adds that different dimension that we don't get from everybody else, right? Like we know that, yeah, you can line up Jakeem Grant out there, but – He's not going to be able to do that. Nah, no, you got to put him in the slot. Right, you got to put that guy in the slot or anybody yeah, like Yeah, Devontae is our big play on the outside, our big body. Get, throw it up to him, you know, which Tua, I think he had one pass out there for a fade in the end zone, which he just, it was, Tua was, that was one bad throw that he threw. That he threw. I'm just tired of seeing that fade, right? Yeah. Because it's so they know predictable. It's they, they know, know it's, it's coming. coming. And it's like, come on, man. We, You know, Chan Gailey has to step his game up there and say, all right, what else can I use Tua for in his ability? Because he's showing that he has great vision. Like I mentioned, he he found eight different receivers. That's another bright product of what you were saying, right? Using the tight ends, getting first downs, moving the ball down the field. I feel like we were one in ten because we put ourselves in a obvious 
position. Either it was third and one or third and three, and we're running the ball, and they know we're running it, so it's easier to stuff. You know, but again, I don't feel like Changeli has really opened the floodgates when it comes to the playbook because he wants to be careful and protect Tua. One other thing that I wanted to mention was that right now, the offensive line is really, really shining through. And we saw it because, again, Mal Gaskin was able to get those 90 yards, which we know he's shown the ability to be serviceable, right? 90 yards, you would look back, you've got 20 carries, 90 yards. Yep, That's he only had that one fumble, but it didn't really, you know, it, it didn't really cost us, but it was on a breakout run. Right. Got punched out, so. But, again, again, serviceable performance from the running back position which allows Tua to drop back and say okay now I have a half a second more that I can throw exactly find other guys it was really nice to see the the offensive line step up bro because we mentioned it in one of the earlier podcasts we have rookies on that offensive line three rookies right now Austin Jackson Solomon Kidley and Rob Hunt all starting games with a rookie quarterback so we're trusting rookies for our biggest rookie, that's only done by teams that know how to play winning football or that are committed to playing winning football with the obvious goal in mind. If those guys get to jail and we get to keep those guys on rookie contracts for three, four years, and now we got a rookie quarterback on a rookie contract for three, four years, that puts us in a very, very dangerous situation, you know? Not to mention, we already know that we're looking dangerous this offseason because we still got some money in the bank in the cap room, right? We're going to be able to make moves. And we talk, and we got two first-round picks coming towards us. So we see a team that's playoff bound, getting better week in, week out, learning for performances. And you're going to continue to add weapons, and we still got a long way to go, like, towards the end of the season. Like, bro, right now is a great fuck time to be a Dolphins absolutely fan, my brother absolutely it's a great time yeah man we're, we're projected right now to face the bills in the playoffs um I mean that's that's they had they're ranked a little bit higher than us because they do have that game edge over us but we do face them at the last game of the season um and we talked about it too um earlier the Patriots are coming up and playing the Bengals I'm sorry playing the Bills soon and they've been rolling they're looking pretty pretty good right now. So hopefully they can help us out and take them out and, and then we beat them when, when it comes time to face them. But coming back to the Dolphins, man, great defensive performance. Uh, we had, we had I guess, eight uh, – excuse me, no, six sacks and two interceptions. And one uh, of them being at, a guy who barely played half of football. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that puts us now at the, on the season. We're looking at uh, 18 – no, 21 tur- total turnovers, man. And that's only behind the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's like we spoke. Defense is looking good, man. The defense is holding it down for us. It's, it's like we've spoken about, bro. We know that defensively, we've been there, right? Because we've had traditional teams in the past where we're like, damn, you know, if this Dolphins team is good defensively, if only we can get an offensive juggernaut going, if only that's we had we a quarterback. And, and traditionally, we've always had good defenses, but this defense is next level, bro. I'm right it. now, you got to put Xavier Howard in that Defensive Player of the Year award candidate, like top three, top two, because this guy's doing something that we haven't seen here in Miami in over 15, 20 years, bro. Amazing. We're in 2020. You might even be able to argue longer than that, man. Uh, you know, you know we're he's, in 2020. He's, that, he's that good. This is a you know Pro Bowl caliber player. Having a great, great year, like, again – and this is a guy who gets targeted, who people try to throw the ball against. People know that 
he's out there. He's going to be a defensive, like, focal point for the Dolphins to be like, well, we can push everybody to one side because we know that Xavier has this half of the right. field and, and we we're can okay. manipulate that, right? that offensive scheme how we want. It's ridiculous right now how we're set up, and it just speaks to how good we could be potentially going into the future. Right. You know? If we could put a few more pieces. If we could put a couple of those pieces together and just keep adding to this team and keeping the budget right and, and again, finding players that not only fit the budget but excel, right? If they excel at that, then we should be – systematically better bro yeah so one thing i wanted to point out real quick on on the team right one thing is that we're the third youngest team in the nfl third youngest team in the nfl you know so that means that we're trusting again a lot of young guys to go out there and play winning football which is not easy and lastly on xavier howard this guy is leading the league in interceptions. Everybody knows that. But he ranks in the fewest completest percentage allowed this season, 45.9%. So people aren't even – yeah, they're yeah. throwing, but yeah, they're but not even successful when they throw. So, again, this guy can't let him up. defensive player of the year all over this guy, man. Yeah, doing great on defense, man. No complaints there on defense. Again, you know, uh, like I said, we had six sacks, two interceptions. Calvin Inouye had three sacks. Pretty, pretty nice. Granted, they're dealing with two backup quarterbacks right now. And a banged up team, but hey, I'll take the stats, you know, all day. It is what um, it is. But um, what I did want to say was we're we're not doing too well on the offensive side right now. If you had to take a guess on how many points we're averaging per week, would you would you guess more or less than twenty? I would say less than twenty, but there are circumstances attached to that. Right now, we're averaging just over seventeen and a half points per game. Seventeen and a half. Okay. Let That's me give you a, a couple of teams here that are averaging more points than us per game. You okay. ready? Sure. Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, that's a terrible team. Detroit Lions. And they have a gun-singing quarterback. Atlanta Falcons. Uh, more weapons than we do. All right, this one's going to hurt you. You ready? Go ahead. New York Jets. Oof. But again, the Jets are putting up 29.5 points per game to our 17.5. But if you look at those teams, those are teams that are forced to throw a lot because they're behind in games. They're not teams that usually lead. Yeah, I don't, I don't so, care how they how they put up the points, but they're putting up points, man. That's I get my it. point. I get our, it. Our you know our biggest strength is our defense, and not to mention my MVP for the Dolphins this year. I know Tua's doing great. Don't get me wrong. And we if we could give it to Brian Flores, I I would do that. But we got to give it to a player. And my MVP so far this year is Jason Sanders, four for four on field goals this year. He had more <laughs> points this past Sunday than our whole entire offense. Twelve points to the offense is nine. That's what we need, man. We need more high-powered offense out of our guys. I get it, and we've spoken about it at at end, bro. You know, this team doesn't have those weapons. We need that. We don't have those threats on the outside. We don't have that threatening running back. But we do have those building blocks yep. in place, which are the most important. You know, we have the O-line it's on coming. lock. The, we got the quarterback on lock. We have the defensive backfield on lock. We have DBs for days. Don't you forget know. our D-line. Our D-line is building a hell of a steam. Agba, he's, he's looking like the steal of the season. We're, we're in a position where when we do add those pieces that are missing, we can really think about making a deep playoff run, hosting playoff games, and trying to get to the Super Bowl. Which again, this that hasn't happened here in a long time since like the seventies, and we, we don't gotta time. do that math because no. that just makes everybody sad. I but wouldn't say since the seventies, uh, since know. the Marinos era, we, we we used to host host but back then. We, but we need to it's been a we long need time. to get back to that. Exactly, you know? we need to get back to that, and we have those building block blocks in place, 
which is just great to see because we've seen the team, you know, I'm sure from a young age, you and I, seen the team grow from such a bad team or potentially playoff team to being rock bottom, worst of the league, not winning a game or having a one game, a one win game season to where we're at now. Exactly. Man, it's it's, it's a huge turnaround, man. It's I'm a excited. Huge turnaround. It's, so it's Dolphins, great. what are we? Eight and four. Eight and four, bro. Going up against the uh, the Kansas Chiefs. City Chiefs next week. And what do you think? I think well, something that I wanted to point out was this, right? Because right now we're in a playoff race. We're in, not only in a playoff race. We're technically in a race for the division. Because we're only Correct. one game behind Correct. the Bills. So when we look at their matchup, they're playing the team that just lost their first game of the season. Bills play the Steelers, and we play the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs have the same record as the Steelers. Those guys are battling for that home court advantage throughout the playoffs. And now two AFC East teams are both playing these teams, and it's like, damn, you know, there's a lot riding potentially on the, on the line for this week. The Chiefs present a big... Big, 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 big matchup problem for us, right? Obviously, they got the league's MVP, uh, uh, Super Bowl MVP, Mahomes. They got weapons on offense. They got weapons on defense. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, you uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Yeah, you're not you going to stop me. Demarcus Robinson, you, whenever you want. Miko Hardman. You're not going to stop dropping names, you know? You're not going to stop dropping names I'll because stop. those guys are <laughs> they're loaded. <laughs> you know, they're loaded offensively, so we know that. But we've also seen them slip this year, right? Lose a game, not look so good in games, but ultimately come out winning because, again, that's what winning football is about. When you win games nice and you win games ugly, doesn't matter because your record continues to show more Ws than losses. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. As far as us and the Chiefs go, I really think we have a chance to beat them. Why? Because if we can limit them defensively, and really put our offense in a position where they can have good starting field, that makes it easier for us to get points on drives. Doesn't mean we're going to score on every drive, and we know that they're going to be able to do that on us, but I really feel like we can probably beat these guys if we play our good game. But I got us losing 24 to 35. I don't know about you. Um, I mean, I'm a Dolphins fan through and through and at heart, man, so I got I to gotta go with my – with my heart, and uh, my prediction is uh, 31-28 Dolphins. Cool, um, I mean, I just I, I know it's going to be a tough matchup. I hope we win. You know, if we if we don't, then you know we the the last few games are going to be just that much more uh, important for us to get into the playoffs and and as far as positioning go. Um, but you know, I think the Dolphins. You know, we've been all we've been talking about today on today's episode is is our Dolphins defense, right? And yep. how great our defense is looking right now. So you know what, I'm going to ride out with the Dolphins defense and hope that. Tua and our offense can can put up some more points this week. So Dolphins thirty one, Chiefs twenty eight. That's my prediction. Let's see, man. Let's see, man. Let's see what happens, bro. But the Dolphins weren't the only uh, Miami team winning games Hell this week. No, finally, bro. <laughs> I know finally. you're happy. I've been freaking calling for this I for know. like since week two, bro. We finally whooped a team's ass that we're supposed to whoop. It happened finally. Is that I I I can't believe how since the FSU game. And and even then, because we thought that game was going to be a little bit closer, but that was the last thing that we whooped up on. You know, I just want to give a quick shout-out for FSU because we still remember that. Don't worry about that. <laughs> but we finally see the performance that we wanted to see out of the Hurricanes, 48 to zip, whoop on the Duke Blue Devils, and, and now we're looking like 
a better team, a more complete team. This was a really good offensive performance for us, and I was yeah. really happy to see it. Yeah, bro. We wanted a we wanted a run game bad, and and then boys let the the horses out the stable this week, man. Bro, it was it was insane. Uh, I'm I'm pulling it up right now. Overall, what did they have? Two hundred twenty rushing yards. Right, I mean, Harris had the best on. game because he really ran efficiently. He had a big run uh, for thirty four yards. So did Cheney. He had a thirty yard one run, but. Harris really put in a lot of work. Yeah. He was the one that was gaining those four yep. and five yards on those first downs to make it really easier for King to find his targets, put the pressure on the Duke, uh, Duke defense, and just pretty much put the pace to the game. So I've been calling for a real running back for performance. and You got it. You I got it from got Cameron it. Harris, and thank you, bro. And it helped out. It really helped out us offensively and how to control the game because we we kicked their ass bro and and a lot of that had to do with us being able to keep their defense on the field while we were dominating them but let me tell you your boy balled out my you got to give a hundred percent of this credit to your boy you know Eric king had a game uh four touchdowns total three three passing one on the ground one on the ground over 200 yards come on Kid's a stud. The man does and what he does, 46, bro. And he had 46 yards rushing. The man does what he does, bro. And I think that was his 16th game where he has a, a rushing touchdown and a throwing touchdown. So, we, again, the NFL is trending towards that type of run, that yep. type of player, where your quarterback should be able to run and should be able to throw accurately, right? Because it's not like King is throwing the ball 40 times and missing 20 receivers. Nah. My man was 16 to 24, 248 yards. Solid. Three touchdowns, no INT. Solid. Solid performance. You know, again, more than serviceable, even if that translates to the NFL. Uh, Mike Harley, again, another great another great cam. He was able to catch an 89-yard bomb. Chaney had a 50-yard bomb. The offense was moving, and a lot of that had to do with the running game being there. And I've said it. If we have the running game, the offense just looks even more incredible because it allows us to open everything up, and we were really able to use King to his best abilities. Even though we got tried, because we got tried. Yeah, the Canes stayed right where they're at, at number 10. Which is ridiculous. How do you feel about that? I, I'm really upset, and let me tell you why, right? Because if you go look at that top 10 in the AP, right, you have Alabama first. Okay, they deserve to be there. Notre Dame, they deserve to be there. Ohio State, Clemson, they deserve to be there. Texas A&M, they deserve to be there. This is where shit gets tricky. You have Florida at number 6, right? They have one loss. We have one loss. Right now, they had a big game. They beat a big, they had one big game. All right, cool. You beat a big team, you beat Oklahoma, cool. But who else have you beat after that? Nobody, right? You got an Indiana team that's six and one ahead of us, you got a Cincinnati team that's eight and oh, and they play in like the big east of the, of the football. How are those teams ahead of a team like Miami that are playing big teams in and out? You got us ranked right behind Iowa State, which I have no problem with Iowa State, right? I have no problem with them. That's my guy. That's my father-in-law's team, so I don't. I don't got no problem with those guys. But they don't really deserve to be too close to us. They have two losses, and yeah, they play big teams. But again, they have two losses. We only got one loss to the number four team in the nation, you know. And and again, the only they, the only game they lost to was that Notre Dame team, which happens to be number two in the nation. Yeah. So. That's why sometimes the AP rankings don't really add up to me, and a lot I, of that I've, shit. I've never understood them. That's, a lot of that CFP, shit drives me AP, nuts. None of that stuff. It drives me nuts, bro. Because since like the early two thousands, and even far before then, the AP always try to screw it to Miami. It's like I don't know what it is about this national bias against Miami, but I hate that shit. Because, bro, there's nothing worse than 
outright showing your hate for a team or a university right. than, than just disrespecting us on Blatantly. some rankings like this, you know? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the Dukes, I mean, not anybody special this year. They were, what, 2-7 and seven going into that game. That's cool. You know, and but they, they put a whooping them, uh, you know, 48-0. to zero, But staying at, at at naming that top 10 that you just named me right now, I don't know. I just think you have a personal vendetta against Florida for being Florida. But uh, they, they've actually had some good games this year from what I'm looking at on their schedule. You know, they, they, Who have they played? They uh, they played Georgia. They beat Georgia when Georgia was ranked so 44. But Georgia already has two losses now. Yeah, but if you look at Georgia's and they only have six wins, I so mean, keep going. The SEC is tough, man. It's Whatever. a really tough division. Okay, they played uh, a top twenty-five Mizzou and beat them. That's a whack. Uh, that's a whack team. They're t- hey, they're ranked, man. That's a ranked opponent, right no, there. No, they're, they're not ranked the anymore. South Carolina. They're not ranked anymore. Uh, they were at the time. That's okay. Uh, South Carolina. That's a whack team, too. Cause and now coming up, I guess the big – well, they just beat Tennessee, and I guess the big test now is LSU and, and then Alabama. So we're going to see if Jordan and Florida is real and even in these still, next two games. And even still, because LSU is not what they were before, right? We can we can agree to that. Yeah. Okay. So now we know but that – Bama is. Well, <laughs> Bama is just Bama. the number one team in the country. Right? So Bama, to me, is the only team that's really holding up that prestige, quote-unquote, for the SEC. Because the rest of the teams that were traditionally doing their thing in the SEC, they haven't been able to produce as much within the last two, three years. Call it whatever you want to call it, but that just shows you that the SEC is not what it was anymore. So all of that, oh, you beat South Carolina and all that stuff. If, if South Carolina isn't doing their thing, then beating South Carolina shouldn't mean anything, right? Just like you said, us beating Blue Do Devils because they're Duke, right? Um... That that shouldn't mean anything, but at least yeah, we're going bro, out there. And, South Carolina and, produces players like Jadavian Clowney, Duke? while Duke produces players like Danny Dimes. Nah, Don't get me wrong; he's a good nah. quarterback, but you know he's a little bit softer nah. around. You know, no, nah, Duke has put a, a, a good amount of defensive players, and and look, even our next opponent, the Car- North Carolina, they put a lot of NFL players in there. Again, the teams that we're playing. Right. I'm not saying that they're word beaters or that they should be really good opponents or whatnot, whatever. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that our teams that we're playing, there have been traditionally tough opponents. Right. And if they're playing well and those other teams are playing well, then we should get some credit for beating teams that are playing. Absolutely. Not teams that played well at one point and then stopped playing well. We should get the credit for teams that have played well and continue to play well that's what the ranking should be about well they got their opportunity this uh this coming weekend man against the tar heels like you it's said a, it's a huge game it's a huge game they're it's seven a, and three ranked number 17 it's a huge game's going in our eight and one thankfully it's at home i really like that our next two games are at home we play north carolina this weekend and then after that we get georgia tech but to focus on north carolina we know that they're a good team right they're ranked 17th Again, we've gone to war a lot of times with these teams, regardless of rankings, regardless of who's the head coach in charge, right? Right. We've gone to war with this team. This team is not that bad. They're 6-3 in the yeah, conference. Yeah, you want me to give you a couple stats here? Nah, pulled up? I mean, yeah, I know you got them. I mean, look, the, offensively, from what I remember, they're, they're pretty good offensively. Well, not, not not for them. I'm just talking about Miami and UNC oh, head-to-head over time. Hit me. 11-10. Uh, and 10, the, the Hurricanes are up 11-10 to 10 all-time against North Carolina. Uh, last three of the five meetings went to the Tar Heels, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on top of that, last year, they won uh, at home 28 I'm, to 25. I'm sure those, those we three meetings were like the Randy Shannon years, I bet. Because that's when Shannon had some players, but he just couldn't beat. He was losing the teams like North Carolina. We were like, what the hell, bro? Yeah, exactly. You know? But and the I, Canes are favorite going into this game. Yeah. I, three and a half, which is okay. I feel like it should be a little bit more because of the fact that we're at home. 
Um, if you're better, if you're a gambler, you definitely take the I'm taking, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely. You're definitely taking. Um, the, predicting uh, over. You know, I'm definitely predicting over on that, yeah, too. Yeah, I'm taking that spread. I, I really like this game for us to come out and be like, okay, we got through the Duke game, but we're really ready for this game because yep. we know that this one's going to get us inside the top seven, maybe top six, top eight, depending on what shakes out with the rest of those guys right. as they continue to play each other. And it needs to be in this type of fashion. De'Eric King needs to have a game. That run game needs to be there. That defense needs to step it up you because yeah. this isn't going to be Duke no. two weeks in a row. No. This is a but, different team. But defensively, I feel like our guys are ready. You know, th- this is our third game in a row. W- they're well, at least rested. Last game. Yeah, they're going to be <laughs> rested. But it was the third game where we didn't get a lot of defensive penalties. Nobody got uh, kicked out of the game for targeting or anything like that. So when you keep those guys like Phillips on the field, Bubba Bolden on the field, and those guys are, are left to their own devices to let go and, and run wild, that's when the d- Hurricanes d- defense really, really gets dangerous, you know. And we become another level. Uh, defensively as a unit we reach another level so i really see us tearing down the tar heels this weekend and really stifling their offense they're they're usually a high-powered offense but our defense is much better than anything they face and i think it's going to be a hard reality check for i love it what do you got i got the hurricanes winning this week i'm gonna go nice and high 35 to, to 20 35 to 20 okay I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. 27-20 is my prediction. I think this is going to be a little bit closer. I think it's going to be a one-score game. I think we cover that spread, though, uh, by a touchdown. So I feel like King's going to have a great game. 20. King is going to have that standout game. Hopefully, you know? man. I hope you so. I've seen him have some really good games, but this is going to be it. a game he's going to blow up. He can right? definitely do it. And I think he's going to do it, too. And hopefully he comes back next year. But lastly, I know you saw the last fight between Crawford and I was wondering what you thought about the Errol Spence fight versus Danny Garcia because this weekend I, I felt like Danny Garcia really came to fight. And I was wondering how Spence was going to look after the long layoff since the crash and whatnot. And I was really tuned into a really great fight, man. I, re- I thought you, I'm pretty sure you thought it was a great fight, too. Yeah, no, no doubt. It was a good fight, man. Those guys were, were going at it for, for a good time there. But uh, I think Danny Garcia is getting old, man. I yeah, think he's bro. getting up there already. Hey, I he think he looked good. He came. He looked like he came prepared. But I, ju- I just think that Spence had him, man, since the first round. Absolutely, bro. I, I agree with you, man. I, I just don't think that that's Danny Garcia's weight class because right now that 147 division is full of killers. You know, and at the top of the po- mountain, it's Crawford and Errol Spence because a lot of people were wondering how Errol Spence was going to come up after the crash. You know, he said he doesn't remember anything about that night or even being in the hospital and whatnot. So it was really interesting to see how he was going to come out and attack a guy like Danny Garcia because Danny Garcia has fought the best of the best in that division. He's won belts. He's not no chump. No, he's right? not. He absolutely not. He he's, deserves his respect. And I no disrespect to him, but I just I just think that, you know, he's he's transitioning to the, you know, the other side to of the his other prime. Side, you know, he's right? on the other side of that bell curve at this I point. I think he's 30 or 31, 32. 32. Yeah, you see, like, that, that at that age, bro, again, if you're going to be in that 147, you either got to be the killer or you got to be the most conditioned boxer right. ever. Right. And Danny Garcia is neither. Right. So, for me, I think he should drop down. This just really builds up the possibility of Errol Spence fighting Bud Crawford and the fans really demanding it and seeing how soon we get it. Right. Because what, as a boxing fan, I know I just want to see mega fights. 
right? I'm down to see on the cards with really good boxers, right? Guys who coming up or who, who are really putting the momentum into some, their career, right? Winning technical fights or knocking people out. I want to see those guys jump up to that level. But at the end of the day, if you're going to charge me a pay-per-view, it needs to be a mega fight. And I'm only interested in seeing the best fight the best. I don't want to see Crawford spend some time and fight some bullshit fighters or Spence do the same thing. Not to say that Danny Garcia is a bullshit fighter, but I felt like it was an easier fight for Spence than Crawford's last fight. Why? Because Spence, he kind of knew that Danny was over the hill, right? And he knew that he didn't have anything for him, right. especially in that weight division, right? He knew he had him on speed and power, and he wasn't afraid to step up in there. And he literally beat down Danny Garcia for 12 rounds. So I felt like he knew he really wanted to fight Danny Garcia. Again, not to say that Danny Garcia is a punk or anything like that. Because no, no, he came no. with his game plan and he exactly. fought his fight. It didn't work out for him, but he fought his fight. He just I don't think that was a good matchup for him, like you said. But one of the names that's actually being thrown around for, for Spence's next fight is, is Pacquiao. What do you think about that? Ah, uh, man. Personally, I don't think it would be a good fight. Right. Here's why. Because people will make an excuse for whoever wins that fight. Right. If Spence wins that fight, it's going to be like, well, he beat a Manny Pacquiao who's older and slower and not the same Pacquiao. And it was really good test for him to see to fight like a real great fighter and see what type of level he's at and whatnot. And that and that's what the haters will say. Right. And that's what most people say. If expensive goes out there and wins the fight, if Pacquiao wins the fight. Then it's going to be like, wow, is Pacquiao back? Can he keep going? Is he going to win another bell? And 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 to me, I'm like, that's not the fight that people want to see. People will pay for it, maybe, but that's not the fight that people want to see. People want to see the two young lions go at it yeah, and start something of a trilogy, right? right? A trilogy, my bad. But, you know, something great. Not to say that the fight against Pacquiao wouldn't be good. It would be good. It would, it would be a draw. Be, I mean, Pacquiao is a draw. It would be a draw. He is a draw, obviously. But I just feel like he's not what the people want. The people want Crawford versus Spence. And once you get that, then all other things become a possibilities. Because, again, Pacquiao is one of those guys, like we were saying, that's more of a than, better than a Danny Garcia and would pose a threat to any one of those guys. Obviously, he probably wouldn't be the favorite. But it would still be an interesting fight regardless, whoever he fought, whether Pacquiao fought Crawford or Pacquiao fought uh, Spence. Yeah. I don't think that that's the fight. Yeah, you want you want Crawford. Everybody wants Crawford and Spence. Yeah, and that's no the doubt. fight to do because it's really what would put boxing into a bang in 2021 and just really show out what the sport's about. And it's a really good idea to have that fight happen within the next year rather than later down the road where people lose interest. You yeah. know, and then you get fights like Pacquiao and Crawford yeah, exactly. or just Danny to fill Garcia in the, versus Bud, you know. Just to fill in the pay-per-view just to or, fill in the slot or whatnot. Exactly. Yeah, I totally get you, man. I'm with you. Kind of work. Yeah, hopefully we do see that fight. Hopefully we do see Spence Crawford. Let's see, bro. It'll be, again, it'll be an instant fight of the year. Yeah. Without even knowing yeah, when they would absolutely. fight or where they would fight, if there would be fans or not, I feel like that would be an instant fight of the year. Yeah, hell yeah. But... That's it, bro. Another episode in the books. We got everything out. Yes, um, sir. It was really good to see you again, my man. And I'm yeah, glad likewise, we were able brother, to do likewise. this, like always. 
Everybody else, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Sports with Soso Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Sports with Soso. Remember, you can always listen to and download all of the episodes at sportswithsoso.com. Peace out, everybody. Peace.